Welcome to Finding the More Ministries, where our mission is to inspire everyone to experience the exceeding abundantly more that Jesus has promised. We trust that our podcast will not only challenge you, but encourage your spirit to go deeper into God's Word. And now for today's speaker. Thank you for joining me as we begin part three of Women of the Bible. Today, we're going to look into the life of Tamar. And Tamar is such an interesting story, and it's found in Genesis chapter 38. Tamar is the daughter of Judah, and Judah is one of the 12 sons of Jacob, who the Lord changed his name to Israel. So the 12 sons represent the 12 tribes of Israel. So Judah marries a Canaanite woman and has three sons, and he finds a wife for his first son, and her name is Tamar. The scripture doesn't tell us what happened, but the first son, Tamar's husband, was not pleasing to the Lord, and he killed him. So as culture required, the second son went in to Tamar to continue the inheritance of the firstborn, and he wasn't on board with this part of the culture, and he displeased God, and uh, God killed him. The third son was a lot younger, and Judah told Tamar to return to her family. Um, let's wait for the third son to get a little older, and that he would send him to her to carry on the inheritance of the firstborn. So Tamar goes back to her family, and she's very saddened. Tamar wanted a child. She didn't have one. She's a widow. She's uh, separated from her family because, I mean, she had been part of Judah's family, and here she's sent back to her father's house, and she's doing what the widow does. Judah has decided that he's going to go visit a friend after the death of his wife, a sheep shearer, and he plans this journey, and Tamar finds out about this journey. And time has passed. Judah has not sent the third son to uh, be the husband of Tamar and continue the inheritance for the firstborn. So Tamar comes up with this plan that she's going to uh, have an encounter with Judah. But Tamar dresses up. She takes off her widow clothes and she dresses up and she puts on a veil that covers her face like a harlot. She encounters Judah and Judah as I mentioned, his wife has passed, so he wants to have relations with this lady that he's met on his way uh, to his friend's house, the sheep uh, shearer, and they discuss the arrangement as far as payment, and Judah's going to give her a kid from his herd, but he has to give her some type of pledge until that payment arrives, so he asks her what she needs, and Tamar, being the smart woman that she is, says, I want your signet. And this is a, um, you see it in the um, movies of that era where they have this signet. It's usually in a ring or something around their neck that they press into clay or something like that. That's their mark and that's their guarantee, their pledge. But she also wanted his bracelets and a staff. So she's She's a pretty smart woman as far as getting the evidence that she needs for her plan. So 
they do the deed, we'll say, and she leaves and she goes back and puts on her widow clothes. And Judah sends the kid by his friend to give to this woman. He doesn't know her name and he didn't recognize her as Tamar. And the harlot is nowhere to be found. So Judah goes on his way. And after three months, it's discovered that Tamar's pregnant. And of course, this word comes to Judah of his daughter-in-law's pregnancy. And Judah is beside himself because how dare she? It had to be done in whoredom because she didn't have anyone in his uh, family that had impregnated her. So it had to be outside of that. And this upset him terribly. And he wanted her burnt. And this is according to the scriptures in Leviticus. And she should have been stoned according to Deuteronomy. But Tamar, like I said, she was a smart lady. She came and she showed evidence. It was not by Hordel. She had the evidence of the man that was uh, to be the father of her children. And it was Judah. She had that signet. She had his bracelets and his staff. And the signet was a piece of evidence that only belonged to Judah. So he was caught. And what's very interesting about the situation, Judah even points this out, that here he wanted to have her put to death for doing something that he was a party of. But she was more righteous than he because he did not keep his promise to her that he would send her the third son to be her husband to carry on the inheritance of the firstborn. My takeaway from the story is the fact that we have Jew and Gentile that are in the lineage of Christ, like we studied with Boaz and Ruth. We studied Rahab, and she married a Jewish guy. And here we see Jewish and Gentile represented. It reminds us that Jesus came for all. He didn't come just for the Jewish people. And as a Gentile, that excites me because here we are in Genesis. And as we've even studied before in Genesis, the Gentiles were God's plan all along. We were not a second thought, okay, the Jews didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah, so let's move on to the Gentiles. It was always God's plan to include the Gentiles in salvation, and that excites me. And two, I see that God uses imperfect people, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, because I'm an imperfect person. We all are. There was only one perfect man, and that was Jesus. But he uses us even when we're imperfect because he loves us. And he gives us an opportunity to come to him, be better people. And through him, I know that he's taught me so much about being, not only being, but wanting to be better, wanting to be Christ-like and I'm not going to say it's easy because by no means is it easy, but he gives us time. He's long-suffering and he helps us to look inside, to see who we are and to see who we can be through him. And he guides us and he directs us and he helps us to see our weaknesses and helps us to understand how we can improve those weaknesses, that we can even have those weaknesses to become our strengths. Because, I mean, you talk to so many people that are like, I can't believe God uses me in this way. But 
how many times do our situations lead us into a path that is our purpose that we were created to do? And a lot of times those situations are not what we would say was a blessing as we went through them. But after we get through them, we see that the blessing was that we made it through, (laughs) first of all. And not only that, but look how it changed us, that we became something that God wanted us to become so that he could use us in a different way, that we could see we have so much more to give when we go through certain situations. And I'm so thankful for that. Being this imperfect person that I am, and he's still working with me, and its um, I'm sure it's going to take a, a little while, and uh, I have time. That's what we're here for, but he's working with me, and, and I love that because that's confirmation that, you know, we're walking together, and, and he's going to bring out the best in me. I don't know exactly what happened with this situation with Judah and Tamar, but Tamar had to find some happiness in her children, and she was in the lineage of Christ. I mean, that in itself is such an accomplishment that she never knew. She never knew. You know, sometimes we don't know. Sometimes that happens as well, is that we go through this life and we don't know the impact that we have on someone else's life or how it how it changes them. I like to tell people in the situation of death, a lot of people want to see it as a bad thing, but a lot of times death moves people to accept that they're going to die and they have to face the fact that God is real and where are you going to spend eternity? So even in the situation of death that that we have to experience in this life, good can come out of it and it does. So that's one of the takeaways that I have with this story is that God can work good from things that we don't necessarily see as we go through it, but he's an awesome God. And I love it when he can take a mess and make a message. So that's our first woman of the Bible in part three, Tamar. So go in and read it. It's it's, it's a very interesting story. So I think you'll get a lot out of it when you read it and, and enjoy it. The Bible's good. It's, it's alive and God is so good in telling us his word and, and making us see that they're just people, their experiences in life. Just like we're living today is our experiences in life. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you come back and let's get into the next woman. I'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Finding the More family would like to thank you for connecting with us today. You can find us at www.findingthemore.org or any of our social media platforms at Finding the More. Our prayer is that you experience the more in Jesus.